This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to this first episode of the Super Retriever Series new podcast. I'm your host, David Hamilton, and we have a great show for you today because our guest is none other than the CEO, President, and all things SRS, Shannon Nardi. Shannon, thanks for uh, being on the show here today. Good afternoon. Yes, of course. So let's start with the most obvious question. Uh, Why did you, as the uh, head of the SRS, want to have a podcast and, and what can our listeners expect if they, you know, tune into all the future episodes that we're hoping that they do? Well, we have, um, you know, I've kind of shot it around a little bit and talked to some folks and I, I see a lot of podcasts out there um, in all, all genres. I actually listen to them on my, when I travel. Um, so I thought it might be something uh, good for us to do. We have so much content that we can cover. So it's, um, it just seems like a no brainer to me. So I've talked to a few people and uh, kind of put it out there on our Facebook page and asked who they wanted to hear from, what they wanted to hear about, and um, got a, a nice little list um, and then figured we might as well just start. So I gave you a call, asked if you wanted to host yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, I know that, that everybody who's probably going to listen to this is, is sitting in their home, uh, probably doing a little social distancing, self-quarantining like the rest of the country. So now is yes. a perfect time when people are going, you know what? I sure wish I could do something right now. Well, you know what you can do? You can listen to this podcast. So that is a good thing. I guess with you as a guest, we'll we'll start with, let's take it back even further than SRS. Let's take it back to just where you got a love for the outdoors and a love for dogs and just how this all started in your life. So anybody that follows SRS, they, they know your family history. They know your dad, Jerry McInnes, is basically the pioneer of outdoor TV, right? He hosted the fishing hole for four decades on television, produced Bassmasters, uh, BASS, you, you name it, great outdoors games. Like you think outdoor television, that's your dad. He's the, the, the creator of that. So I imagine g- growing up in that household with him as a father, I imagine the outdoors was a big part of your childhood. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, I, I, I lived out in the country on a, I, I actually 
I actually was born in St. Louis, but within nine months lived literally, literally on top of a boat dock on the White River for probably two to three years of my life, maybe even four. Um, and then we went kind of up to a boat dock and to a house <laughs> from there. <laughs> and right. then, uh, you know, he just kind of moved up from boat dock to boat dock and, and started his uh, update on what was happening at the lake you know, during that week on the, on the local news. And that turned into a half hour show. And then he went from there. You know, the rest is history, but he's, you know, he's always had a, a love uh, really for fishing, first of all. But second right. of all, he was, he was really a, you know, a producer. When I started working for him, I think I realized at that point that he was a creative as much as he was a fisherman. So um, I learned a lot about him when I went to work for him because it wasn't, you know, most people think of him as a fisherman with the TV show, but he's really a, a producer and a, a very he had a, had a creative mind on outdoor television. So, yeah, I was raised with Absolutely. that you know, from my whole life. So. so where did dogs come into the picture? I mean, did you have dogs as a child? I had dogs as a kid. Yeah, I had a dog as a kid, and um, and I've always had dogs and cats. A retriever and, uh, or a different kind of dog? I did or, have or a retriever kind of when I was about six, and then I had a couple Samoyeds in my childhood, and then I got another retriever um, probably 30 years ago. Um, and then I've probably mm -hmm. I've had one, two, three since, and now I have my new one. We're going to talk about Peach here in a little while. Um, that's <laughs> Shannon's newest dog for all of you listening. You, you may have met Peach if you've been at an SRS event recently. <laughs> so where along the way did the idea for something like Super Retriever Series come? Did it come from, from the great outdoor games? Like at what point yes, in your did. career working, did you say, I want to do something specifically with dogs? I got put in the Retriever Trials. Um, uh, venue at the Great Outdoor Games, which was, you know, there was there were several sports in the Great Outdoor Games, um, and my dad was a big part of some of that development. So our production team, you know, got kind of moved every every direction in different venues to work in, and I got put in retriever trials. I had no idea really what that was. You know, I knew retrievers liked to retrieve ducks, <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't know right. there was a trial, like a fake, a fake game on that, you know, and um, so I, I was a little upset about it because all my colleagues were in other venues and I was literally not with any of them. So I was really mostly with ESPN. The production team was mostly from ESPN. So I was very intimidated by that and um, a little nervous about that and, and, and mad. And so, um, but I got over there and they put me in a trailer and I was, my job was to watch all the um, footage come through and make sure everything was you know, online and, and flowing. And of course, when you're doing that, you're just basically sitting there watching TV. And so I'm watching this trial and, and um, it was, it, it was incredible. It blew me away when I first saw it, which is why I think a lot of people, when they first see it, you know, get kind of blown away because it, it, it was amazing seeing a dog turn around at 300 yards on a whistle. And, uh, and I just fell in love with it. I completely fell in love with it. I was excited to be in that venue and I was in that venue for five years. And in the first two years of that, you know, ESPN really wanted to, us to do qualifiers instead of hand um, hand picking our 12 competitors. They wanted qualifiers. So they got our organizer, um, Justin, and he, he developed uh, the Super Retriever Series. And, um, and then JM produced that. And since I had been the only person in that venue, I, I got, you know, I got to be fortunate enough to be the producer of the Super Retriever Series that would air prior to the games. So we became kind of um, almost like a test. We, you know, they used all kinds of different trials on the production part of that so they could try out different things when we got to the great outdoor games. So we would try out different things and then say, hey, you know, this worked and 
we should try this. And so we did a lot of, you know, things based on what we kind of learned in the Super Retriever series. And, you know, then the, or, you know, the organization of, of competitors and, and all of that itself grew. Um, and, you know, it just, you know, the rest is just history. It just grew. And when ESPN decided they weren't doing games anymore, um, we, we were rolling and we just kept going. Yeah. So it definitely sounds like something that, that, as you said a minute ago, just kind of fell in your lap. It was kind of, okay, you go do this, you go do this, you go do this for the great outdoor games. You got assigned retriever trials, fell in love with it. And then as the sport grew, your, your love grew forward in the beginning. And, and like you said, the rest is history. The super retriever series over the last 10, 15 years has grown exponentially. Uh, has it grown to the point that, that even you're surprised with, wow, this is a nationwide thing that, you know, the best of the best want to compete in and, and want to be named the, the crown champion. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, it, it's gone through like, you know, kind of little hills and valleys um, in the in the beginning. It, it was, you know, just booming. And then we kind of took a little bit of the lull. Um, I think when they when it went off ESPN and we we moved off of that, people were confused about that. Like, you know, is it still there? Are we still doing it? And and uh, so it had a little hit there and then also had another little dip in the in the kind of the financial crisis of 2008 um, kind of dipped in that part. But I would say in the last three years, it's just continued to grow like a lot, like a whole lot. <laughs> to the yeah, point where I'm just I, like, oh I, my I gosh, I can't keep up with it. <laughs> right. I was about to ask, like, how many events do you have across the country, whether it's a classic or, or anything like, like in an average year, how many SRS events? Well, are there? this year, let's take this year, for instance. Now, obviously, we have some some problems that we have to talk about a little bit, but um, with with what's happening in, in our in our world right now. But um, right now, uh, I had 14 qualifiers for retrievers and probably about five qualifiers for doc. And that's the most we've ever had. We're at the top right now. And there's not really another place to put an event. You know, if we try to squeeze them all in before the before the crown championship with the other venues as well, because there's two other organizations with AKC and HRC that they have dog trials too, and everybody's playing all those games. And so it's hard to fit, you know, another weekend in. So um, it, it's packed full. The, the dog games are packed full and not just some retrievers in all dog sports. Yeah. But I think one of the advantages of having so many qualifiers is you get the best of the best actually at the crown, right? You give not only oh, yeah, opportunities absolutely. for dogs to to compete, but but if if there's a dog that's just been you know a dog and handler team that's just been dominant all year, they go into the crown and everyone goes okay. They're the ones with the target on their back. They're the ones we got to beat this year, both in the amateur category and and in the professional. Yes, that's very true. So this year the crown is scheduled to be back in Huntsville, Alabama. It's been there uh, several yes. times. Yes. I know last year it was in in Natchez, Mississippi. Um, but going back to Huntsville this year, so um, got to be excited about that. But uh, Oh, yeah. Is it too soon yeah. to, to, to possibly talk about, is it too soon with this whole coronavirus thing for us to talk about, you know, events, uh, if they're going to be postponed, if they're going to be rescheduled? We just canceled two. We canceled uh, this week and we canceled uh, the first weekend in April. And then and then we kind of had a break anyway, because we have um, HRC Grand was scheduled um, and then Easter. Um, so we kind of, you know, had about three or four weeks of Okay, nobody's good. Everybody's going to be either focused on the grand or focused on their family, which is, you know, that's what happens at that time. So I thought, well, we'll cancel the first of April and we'll be off all of April and then we'll kick back in mm -hmm. May. Surely we'll be we'll be ready by then. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure what's going to happen at this point. I'm kind of like, I'm not sure. You know, I, I'm hoping I'm hoping and praying that this thing is going to get nipped and we're going to start uh, flattening the curve and we can be ready in May. But I don't know. I, I, it's hard to say what's going to happen. We will definitely 
stick to protocol with what's what's happening with what what they want us to do statewide and federal wise. Yeah, I I definitely think that's the the wise choice there is to try to try to get them in if we can and if and if we can't if we have to postpone then you know we'll we'll uh, cross that bridge when we get there. But uh, let's yeah. let's move on to a a little bit happier of a topic. So when we have the crown, whenever that may be, if it's you know regularly scheduled time or postponed or whatnot. Yep. I always love for those of you that that are listening to the the podcast and have seen our our live stream in the past or have seen you know our television show. I'm always there at the crown uh, as the kind of at the line commentator, and and I always love to go into the uh, production truck because Shannon, when we're recording for television, is in there, and I love to watch you watching the dogs because. It's just amazing your level of appreciation for what these dogs and their handlers can do. So. You, you you hit on it a little bit a minute ago, but I was just hoping you can go a little deeper on that. Like, how fascinating is it to you that that these dogs are so smart that, with the blow of one whistle, like you said, from from three hundred yards away, they can turn around and stop on a dime and go exactly to go find that bumper where their handler wants them to go. I, I, every time again that I watch you watch them, you're just mesmerized. Well, it is mesmerizing, you know, and I and I and I've been very fortunate. I mean, I've I've watched this stuff for twenty years now, literally twenty years. I've been watching dogs at the line, either on video or live stream or in person at a hunt test or whatever. So I, I, I enjoy watching them because it's like, it's almost like I enjoy watching the, the handler as well. It's, it's amazing to me to see that bond, you know, I like to watch that bond and how they work together. Um, you know, and I, and I've been really, like I said, I've been really spoiled and I forget uh, sometimes when I'm watching, it's just such a natural thing because I feel like I am watching the best of the best when I'm at a SRS. I mean, I'm literally watching the best dog at handler teams in the in the world. I, I really think that. And, um, you know, and so I have a new pup now myself and I'm trying to get her just to, you know, just to walk at heel with me. And it's sometimes very challenging. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it takes a lot of work to get to that level. I mean, it just really does. And, and once you reach that level and you got a good dog that's that's eager to work and be a teammate. It's pretty, it's just pretty amazing to watch that. I, uh, that was going to be my next question. I wanted you to take off your, you know, SRS event organizer hat and take off your TV producer hat and put on your handler hat for a moment. Um, <laughs> what's it been like trying to train a new pup to, to learn how to play well, in this game, right? Uh, I, uh, you know, I, I've had two other ones and they were very challenging to work with. Um, and, and Peach is like super different. I mean, she, she is, she love, 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 loves to work. She's all about it. She, um, I mean, she, she learns really quickly. She learns really easily. She's a fireball, so she loves it. Um, so I really feel like I've got the best of the best right here to work with. Um, it, it, she's been a lot of fun. I actually trained with the, the training group this morning at Pin Oak and, um, they set up three different stations to kind of do different things at different stations. And, she got some some real new experience today, kind of honoring other dogs at the line with a bunch of bumpers going off and a bunch of duck calling and just kind of chaos, almost like you're in a duck hunt or something. And and she did well, so I was pretty happy about that. But it, it's a it's a lot of fun, you know. It's, it gets you outside, and it's something I can do. I can still do that, even though we're quarantined. I can still go outside with her and and walk or or you know train with her and stuff. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. But she's she's gonna be a lot of fun, and I hope to. I hope that maybe I can run test dog one day. That's my goal. Well, she uh, last weekend, I know you posted on Instagram, if anybody follows you on there, you, you all went to, you and Peach went to Hope, Arkansas. And like you said, yep. she got her first ribbons ever for competing. Uh, I know yep. one picture, there were some cows. How did she, how did she do with the cows? Sometimes we know that these <laughs> she, dogs can get distracted. 
<laughs> she did not care about the cow. She knew once she knew what she was there to do, she was a nut a nutball. You know, I, I uh, <laughs> she she's very challenging at a hunt test. Most dogs are on their first ones when they figure out what's getting ready to happen. There, she was all about it, but she could have cared less about those cows. <laughs> It always makes me laugh when we're at the at the crown in Huntsville and we're over near that golf course and at the inopportune moment where, you know, the golfer goes by in his white shirt and all of a sudden the <laughs> yeah. dog's like, wait, is it, wait, there's a white coat over there. I'm going to go over here. And then the dog's gone. Right. And you feel so bad for that handler because you're like, well, you put in all the, all the work. But at the end of the day, a dog's going to be a dog. And it's like, what's over this way? Yep. So, yep. well, awesome. What does the future yeah, hold for the SRS? Time. I mean, I know. I know we may have well, the crown have a this of, year, a lot, of things. a lot of events. You know, yeah, I'm what's gonna, going on? Yeah, we have, we have a lot of events and, um, and, and like I said, you know, we're just going to hope that everything goes as, as normal. Um, and as, if it doesn't, we'll, we'll kind of deal with that, uh, when it comes right now, we are, we have a lot of just new things happening out number one, our podcast. So we hope that that's going to mm -hmm. be really good. And, and, um, and I'm, and so we'll, let's talk about podcasts for a little while. I have, I've had some suggestions from folks, and um, I think our first guy mm -hmm. is going to be Lyle Steinman, and um, we've talked to him, so he'll be our our next podcast. I'd like to talk to some of the winners from this year, um, Lyle being the first one of the first, you know, first qualifier he won, so we'll get on with him. And then I want to talk to Lee Howard next, and then I want to start to talk to some of the amateurs. Um, and then I've been, I've had suggestions to pull up some of the old guys like Jerry Day and you know, Mike Gibson, who's not an old guy, but he's one of the amateurs. But there's a lot of people that just want to hear hear what they have to say. You know? Right. Yeah. It's like, where are they now? What are they doing? And can they give me as a handler some tips? Right. Yeah. You know, that can be, you know, we'll try to set up some things where we can, you know, put something out there and get some questions from the audience that you can, you know, refer to and answer. So we'll do some things like that. So we had the podcast coming on. We're currently working on completely redeveloping our website. Um, I've kind of let that go for you know, a long time. I, I felt like everybody was kind of off websites for a while and, you know, really into Facebook and social media. But now I'm feeling because we are an event that we need to kind of put that back and try to get some some content on our website, put our podcast on the website. And then we're, you know, still in the midst financially trying to, to develop a point generator, which will calculate all of our um, title points for UKC. And then also calculate our qualifying points and then I'll calculate the team of the year points. And and that will also live on the website once we get that kind of figured out and done. Um, and that, that'll be a big a big thing, I think, for people to be able to see and know. Um, and I'm working with UKC on, on trying to get that set up and finished. We have a lot to backtrack. They're honoring all, all 20 years. So if you've qualified or, or got the criteria to have a title, then it'll it'll happen. Which for those who don't know, that's huge. I mean, when when you told me about that opportunity, I, I'm sure most of our handlers know, but that's super huge. That not only are they are they recognizing it moving forward, but to your point, they're kind of saying, hey, even in the last 20 years, if you've if you've gotten this, we'll we'll title it, and that is that is really yes yes a really big thing for all these dogs yeah. and handlers. Yeah, because if you have a if you have a puppy from you know one of our old dogs, Super Sue or Boomer or or you know any of those dogs. If you have a puppy from out of one of those dogs, then you'll have that, that title will be on that pedigree. So that'll be that's, that's super cool. Um, so we're excited about that. And then um, the other thing is um, our college event. We had our very first college event last year, which was super fun. I mean, I, I it was like going to the first grade outdoor games for me. It, it just was real, you know, kind of raw and it was real quaint and small. And um, I, I I remember gathering them. I had seven, uh, 14 kids. There was seven teams. 
and 14 of them. And, um, and I said, you know, look around here because this will never be like this again. It'll, it'll grow so fast that you'll, it'll just be, it'll just be big, you know, and we won't be able to have that quaint little thing again, you know, <laughs> but uh, it was I super just, fun. I, I remember watching that on social media because unfortunately I wasn't there and I believe y'all had that at Rody Best's property, correct? And he was no, helping you organize that? Pepper's Pond. Pepper's, Pepper's Pond, Pond, yeah. And, but I, I think my memory, though, is that, you know, you had the different college teams out there. Yeah, and I remember seeing come, Rody and, and the Texas yes. A&M kids out there, like, doing, like, college yes. cheers like you'd see at a football game. But, yes. but out there, <laughs> Super Retriever Series. It was awesome. That was that was J.C. Strange and his dad. They were our first judges. And the, and the very first test, part of the test was that you got five extra bonus points if you could get yourself, if you yourself and your coach would sing the alma mater from the school. And they gave them five extra points for that if they did that. So that was super fun and uh, it was super cute too. Uh, but these these guys and gals, um, that was another thing. I had I had six girls on these teams, which I was stunned by. And um, and I and these dogs were way better and a, a higher level than I thought we were going to get. Um, and I feel like there there's more out there now. What we did this first year was we had two man teams or two you know boy girl teams or two boys or two girls or whatever. We had two team two man teams. With a coach, um, and and we started hearing that you know, oh, I wanted to do it, but I couldn't find a teammate, or you know, I just you know that was a big thing, and, and I and I kind of thought you know that's it is hard. It's hard enough to find a college kid that has a dog with their training or it's a family dog, and then you got to find a teammate. So we have changed the rules this year, and we will be posting those on the new website when we get that thing going here pretty soon. And um, but we're changing the rules to just have a one, you know, a regular team just like we do a normal SRS. So you're just a single team now. With that said, you will be assigned a coach. You'll have a coach. And the coach can coach from the line. I mean, you don't, you're not just having a coach tell you what to do before you go to the line. He literally can stand behind you and help you. So well, that's that, really cool. I think that's a big, uh, yeah, that's a big thing for them because he can kind of help them. Um, so if, and the coach is allowed to have up to four teammates. Okay. So he can have four teams on his team. Okay. Now they're not competing together. They're competing against each other, but they could be a full team. And then I think for fun, what we'll do is we, we'd kind of treat it like the Olympics. So, for instance, in Olympics and swimming or in gymnastics, you have a team score and you have an individual score. So we would take the average of the team score, whether you had one on your team or four on your team. We just take that average. And then we'll give a you know a first place and second place and third place for the, the best team scores, too, just to have some fun with that. Um but we're really excited about that. I think I think the I think the guys and the gals are out there. I think it's important to get our youth involved, and I think it can continue to even go down. We do accept high school. Um, we had a few high oh, schoolers cool. on the teams last year too. So you know we're not just it's not just college. We are accepting high school. So if you if you have a you know high school kid that that has a you know you have a family dog that y'all train or have trained and you, you hunt with it and your your pet, <laughs> then bring them out and let's uh you know see what you got and i th I just think that there's a lot of them out there and, I, and I, i'm excited about um this this uh, this kind of side note of srs we're calling it srsu and um we hope that it really kind of grows I, I feel like in the next five years it'll be massive but we'll, we'll see yeah i definitely think it's a great way also not only to just get more interest in the sport but to kind of foster that next generation of, of handlers right so yeah i mean yeah. Oh, i remember yeah. oh when yeah this last weekend, we had our event in Natchez, and one of our college kids who came in third place, he was on Brody's team, um, uh, Keith Hall with Woody, um, he just placed third in the amateur division uh, this week. So that was super cool to see that, you know. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it, if it if it gets them interested in the sport more, um, and it also helps kind of grow the following of the sport itself, it's a it's a win win for the for the organization and and for the for the young folks as well. So, definitely sure, excited absolutely. that the uh, that the the SRSU's coming on, and and hopefully people will enjoy this podcast. Uh, and then, of course, you know, just the continued events, and and it looks like all that combined is just a lot of great offerings from Super Retriever Series. So. 2020 uh here we come yep yep well shannon it has been a uh a absolute blast here today uh chatting with you and uh really grateful yeah. for this opportunity to be able to, to host this moving forward and, and like you said our first guest will be uh lyle steinman and then moving on from there we're going to be talking to some of the other professional handlers and then also talking to some of the amateurs because uh as we all know there's kind of yeah. a different perspective there uh you have the, the the professionals who train you know dozens of dogs at a time and then you have an amateur who has just their one dog. Right. And our amateurs, they're hot right now. The amateur division has probably tripled in like the last couple of years. I mean, just it's it's huge. There's a lot of amateurs out there right now and they're really, really good. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's times I remember in the last couple of crowns where the, where the amateur after a couple of the uh, different rounds was in maybe even first overall, right, of, of the whole field. <laughs> yes, so yes, yes. You're right. There's some times that the amateurs are, are really, really competitive. So... Looking forward to a lot, uh, including continuing yep. this podcast. But uh, thanks for joining us here on the uh, first episode. has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western oh, i'll be over there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv